Today on Sharp Scratch, you'll learn how every crap job has a silver lining, how skydiving can make you a better doctor, and how being sassy can be a useful skill. You're listening to Sharp Scratch, episode 27, what med students can learn from a Saturday job. This is a podcast brought to you by the BMJ and sponsored by Medical Protection, where we talk about all the things you might want to know to be a good doctor, but that doesn't get taught in med school. I'm Anna, and I'm a final year medical student at King's, and I'm also the editorial scholar here at the BMJ. And I am, once again, not in the studio, sadly, because of, you know, the whole pandemic thing. I'm sure I'm sure most people out there have heard about that. Um but for anyone who follows me on Twitter, you might have seen that something very exciting has happened here at Sharp Scratch HQ. We have got some brand new panel members and two of them are joining us today. So I'm going to ask you guys some penetrating questions so that our listeners can, can get a sense of who you are. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, no, I'm just going to ask you guys to introduce yourselves. So Lily, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, my name's Lily. What else would you like to know? Um, I have done three years of medicine and I'm currently intercalating in anthropology. That's so cool. It is that's, really cool. That's <laughs> so cool. I didn't even realise that was an option. Like I did history and people seem to think that that was yeah, a very that, out there choice. <laughs> that is a bit out there. Anthropology is also a bit out there, um, but it's great. It's so good. Awesome. Well, hopefully you can bring some an anthropological lens to oh, Sharp Scratch. Gosh, that is a pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and Oki, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Oki and I am, well, I just finished my third year of medicine at Dundee, University of Dundee. Wow, so are you still in Dundee or? Yes, I am still in Dundee, beautiful Sunday, that's what I call it, because it's the sunniest (laughs) city in Scotland, apparently. Really? Wow. Well, that's that's what they say. I'm not sure if I believe it or not. I'll send you pictures. I I believe you. (laughs) Please do. This week we're going to be talking about something that I have actually had multiple requests for us to cover on the podcast, um, which is like jobs outside of medicine. So a lot of people say, oh, I want to hear more about alternative careers to medicine, which I always find quite amusing because saying that any other career is alternative kind of implies that medicine is like the baseline, which normal. Yeah. yeah. Um, So that always makes me laugh a bit. So Unfortunately, if you've tuned into this to try and find out how you can become an investment banker, um, if you're a medical student, that's not what we're going to be talking about. That's not really what we do here at Sharp Scratch. But instead, today, we're going to be talking about interesting jobs that med students and junior docs have had outside of medicine, why these jobs can be really important, and what skills you can learn from them that you can kind of bring into your medical practice, um, your time in med school, And then in two weeks time, we're going to be talking about some of the implications of like leaving the community of clinical medicine with some people who have done just that. So to start off, I go to King's. I don't know if that like makes a difference to the kind of people that I've met at med school, but I do know a lot of people who are like in my cohort and stuff who have actually never had a job. So their F1 post will be like their first job. So I just wondered if either of you had like had any jobs outside of medicine like okay have you had have you had a job well I have a little nickname that my friends give me um so I get called like a single father because (laughs) (laughs) because I'm always working and I always have like multiple 
different jobs. Um, I'm also a bit older as well. So I've um, worked for a wee bit before I did medicine as well. So uh, jobs, where should I start? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've worked as a TA in primary and secondary schools. Um, I've been a waiter. I've done some stuff performing. Um, I've worked for... What performing um, stuff? I sing. (gasps) Yeah. What sort of singing? Whatever you tell me to, if you're paying. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you sing? Well, before Corona happened, I was supposed to be starting like a residency in Glasgow. (gasps) (laughs) Yeah. That is very cool. Yeah. So hence the very professional setup that you've got. Yeah. Well, I've never actually used this mic at all. I, I just told myself I was going to use the mic to record songs and stuff, but I just never did it. Can I'm you sing amazing. for us? <laughs> maybe, Oki, maybe Oki <laughs> can sing at the end after Lily has told oh, her gosh. interview story. We are very different people. <laughs> what oh, about yeah. you, Lily? Have you had jobs? Oh, um, I worked at a supermarket during sixth form. And then now in my holidays, I work as a carer in a nursing home. Wow, that's and really that's cool. So I think I think a lot of um, a lot of medics do do things like being a HCA. I volunteered at a nursing home, you know, before I applied for med school. Um, and I think that some of the skills that you learn in these jobs, like, like no matter what it is, just having a job where you know you have like responsibilities and like you were saying you're getting paid to do something and you have to deliver that it's just so different so we're gonna hear from a couple of people who have had what I think are really interesting jobs outside the medical field either before or during medical school so we're gonna get started and hear from one of them My name's Alicia Webb and I'm a third year medical student at Newcastle Medical School. I'm also a licensed skydiver and this helped me prepare for medical school and medicine in general in unexpected ways. So, for example, I have great appreciation for preparation, care, procedure, packing tools for a parachuter, counted in and out the same way as surgical packing tools. I also know that I can make a split second life or death decision. Um, my canopy once opened with line twists and my hands were on the cutaway handle and the reserve handle before I knew what I was doing and I think that's really highlighted to me how beneficial it is to be able to go through your head um, and think what would I do in this situation and I think that's something that um, medical students do a lot in preparation for OSCEs and things but what I really found useful was closing your eyes and moving your hands and feet the same way as you would move them um, really takes away any hesitation when you need to make that decision. I also used to be a dresser on the Phantom of the Opera in the West End. That taught me a lot about teamwork um, and preparation as well. So a dresser works with the wigs, um, makeup department, the cast and the crew, um, and everybody works together to bring together this wonderful show that you know thrills the audience and sometimes it's just routine but 
fairly often something will crop up and at that time it's all hands on deck everyone working together to solve the problem so that hopefully nobody in the audience realizes there's even a problem i also worked as a painter and decorator um, and i think this has helped me break down sort of the mammoth task of medical school and medicine into more manageable bits um it's pretty rough turning up at an enormous house and knowing that you have to paint every available surface in there. Um, but when you start to break it down into a small room, it's not so bad. Um, so room by room, you finish your project. And I think I tackle medical school at the same way. So obviously Alicia's had some like really interesting jobs before she started med school but there was a couple of things that she mentioned um that she'd learned from those jobs that I thought we could just talk about a little bit so I think I mean I don't I don't know about you guys um because I don't know what the setup of your medical courses is but when I started at King's like the first two years we basically didn't do any clinical stuff and everyone was always moaning that we didn't get any like hands-on experience and and things like that and I think you know what um Alicia was saying about you know actually getting that um experience of doing something that you have responsibility for and really could you know have like consequences if you don't do it like that's something that we don't I didn't feel I particularly had um at med school but obviously once you become a doctor like that is something that massively happens like even on your first day like when you're prescribing something right um so I think getting used to that in like jobs outside of med school can be really really useful and it actually makes me makes me think of my one of my jobs that I've had um was I guess similar to Yoki I worked at like a summer camp and the second year I was there I was like the super first aider so I'd done all this extra like pediatric um life support training and things like that and obviously there was a doctor in the village and there was a hospital about half an hour away but essentially I was like the first responder for 120 kids and it was terrifying like for the first week I was so on edge the entire time because I had like a a radio like a um a walkie-talkie and it was even in my room at night so I was basically on call 24 7 and if anything happened to one of these kids (laughs) that was even vaguely medical I would get called so like one one kid fell out of bed there was nothing wrong with him (laughs) they woke me up at 3 a.m to go and do like a secondary survey on him he was fine (laughs) but you know there was always like that fear and we had some we had some kids with EpiPens and stuff as well and it was a nut-free camp but uh, there was always like that fear that something was going to happen to one of these kids and I was going to have to be the first one there and like doing something and actually like I don't know having that I've never felt that kind of responsibility at med school and I think that that's one of the ways that doing stuff outside of medicine can be really useful to kind of get used to that feeling yeah I, I don't know what you guys definitely think definitely agree with you because I, I feel like there's some stuff in medical school that just can't be explicitly taught for example managing teams I, I don't see how you can really get any teaching on like managing teams or managing like your emotions in whilst you're working at that summer camp and like the amount of responsibility that you have it's it's quite scary to for that for for the first time you feel that to be when you're on the wards and it's literally genuinely I guess life or death and Mm. you just have to do it 
yeah i think consequences is really that's really interesting i hadn't really thought thought about framing it like that but doing yeah because when you have a job if you don't do it well even if it isn't a healthcare job there is a consequence so there like there will be a negative consequence uh but especially in medicine when it's people's lives i think having done a job like caring like everything i do is important and if i don't like if, if I don't like wash a resident properly, then they might get like a bed sore or they might be uncomfortable. They might get infected. Like, and that's an actual consequence for an actual person. And I think medical school can completely detach you from consequences. Yeah. So I think that's really true. Yeah. You're just so focused on the science of everything. Yeah. And, and it's tokenistic. It's you, you do this because you're a doctor. That's what you do. You don't do it because there's an actual person who is going to be in pain. If, I don't know. Maybe I'm just complaining about curriculum, but. I think the way we're taught <laughs> is not in that way. Yeah, and also, like, we... I think there's... They're kind of... The medical schools do try and, like, give consequences. You know, if you don't, like, hand in your essay or you don't pass your exam. But at the end of the day, there's usually some way that you can, like, sort something out for that, right? Yeah. It's the, a fairly kind safe of, environment. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like a lot of jobs outside of medicine... I mean, like you're saying, like, even working in a supermarket, like, if you don't do that properly your manager will come and be like why haven't you done this properly and I don't know to me that's a lot more that seems a lot more scary than like someone from my med school being like you failed an exam because like I failed an exam and everything was fine so I don't know maybe I maybe I just get the wrong messages from my med school I don't know about you guys (laughs) I guess getting told off is kind of a issue like I don't know yeah working teaches you how to cope with being told off Mm. or as medical school you don't really get told off and that's good like I don't think that's probably a good thing but (laughs) I feel like I get told off (laughs) if Raihan was here he would probably have a story about getting told off I mean there are some terrifying doctors who have told me off Mm. that's true yeah but that yeah definitely and especially like I mean for me obviously I was always like a complete swat at school so I never got told off at school my parents basically just left me alone because I was I never did anything naughty because I was so scared of getting told off yeah I was always terrified but I didn't yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not really scared of getting told off <laughs> what that's problem I don't I, I to, to be honest I, I think that's why I want to do medicine because um, because you wanted to get told off not because I want to get told <laughs> off because like with, with my right, other jobs with, with, with the other jobs I've had like some of them I've just kind of felt okay if I don't do it what actually happens mm. nothing like it doesn't actually it actually doesn't genuinely make any difference if x doesn't happen but but we're stressing out so much about it when there are far more interesting and life-changing things to do so that's why I quite like medicine because if I don't do something, it, I may not get told off for it, but it will actually generally make a difference. So I need to make mm-hmm. sure I actually do it and do it to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm not going to say what job it was. With a particular <laughs> job I was doing, <laughs> I just didn't care at all. I would I would turn up and just be like, yeah, I'm only going to go work when I'm tired. And I refused to give this my best energy mm. because I just didn't like it at all. And then mm. I quit very soon afterwards. Mm. 
Yeah, but I think that's interesting because I think that kind of thing where you, you know, if you have a job where you have to turn up and you don't like it, it really teaches, or at least in my opinion, I'm thinking about, again, a specific job that I have had. That I, <laughs> I will not mention the name of the business. Um, I don't want to be sued for libel. Um, exactly. But Well, it's not libel because it's true. Um, it, basically, I worked in this place and one of the things that they did was afternoon tea. And um, I really, really hated it. Like, my manager was horrible. Um, she just made me do all of this crappy stuff that I didn't want to do um this was before I went to med school as well it was the summer before I went to med school and um every time she asked me to do something I didn't want to do I would go like into the fridge and take a clean teaspoon there was no food safety laws broken here and just eat a massive spoonful of clotted cream (laughs) (laughs) from the afternoon teas (laughs) that is depraved isn't it I think what that's really taught me was like my coping strategies. So when you do like a, a job that, because think about like when you're in F1, the likelihood is in foundation, you're going to maybe do a rotation that you don't really like, or it's a bad team. The culture's mm-hmm. not great. And I think having had like some crappy jobs in the past, like that really teaches you those coping mechanisms. And like, yeah. okay, that sounds a bit, sounds a bit like what you were kind of touching upon. Like, it sounds like we were working in the same place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did you also eat the glossy cream? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I, I'm just very sassy and I talk back. <laughs> very, very similar, similar industry, same industry. I was working at a venue in Scotland and basically the venue are supposed to give me a, a taxi back ride a ta- taxi ride back to my house after at the end of my shift because I was finishing after midnight or something like that. And it got to my fin- to the finish time of my shift, and I asked the manager, um, "Hi, kind lady, please." Um, so it's midnight now; is my shift is over. Um, what's happening with the taxis? And she just turned around and looked at me and said, "You got five minutes left." I was like, "Okay." I was like, "No, I'm, I'm going I'm to be calm this time." So I just walked away, and then waited five minutes, and I came back and I asked, "Okay, five minutes is up now. What's happening with my taxi?" And she just ignored me. And just like turned around and ignored me, and it was just, what's going on? It's like I was just thinking, I don't even like this job, and now you're being rude on top of it. <laughs> that's, when I, <laughs> that's when I decided that I'm not going back anymore. And then her, then, and then her manager came and was like, um, "What are you doing standing there?" And I just kind of replied, "Well, your staff member's refusing to respond to me." So, mm. and then he turned around and walked away, and we just all kind of just stood there. <laughs> sounds very awkward but I think we know yeah I think we know that there are places like we've all heard people talking about bad medical jobs they've had bad wards they've worked on bad team culture and stuff and I do think that like whilst obviously I wouldn't like advise anyone like go out and get a shitty job while you're at med school because then you'll be able to cope better when you're a doctor like I wouldn't necessarily say that should be part of like the curriculum or anything but I definitely think having those experiences in the past can in a way be helpful I don't know about you Lily have you, it sounds like you enjoy your I, I, love, <laughs> I genuinely love my job um, but like caring is hard so there are definitely mm. days where I do not want to go to work and there are definitely days when I leave work and it's been a really hard shift 
but I don't know. I think I'm somewhere between you guys because I hate being told off and I hate people like being rude or non-communicative, like anything like that just bugs me. But I also am quite good at just being like, like just ignore it, forget about it, get on, like like, we'll be okay. And I don't know, I guess I put my head down and just do it and then I'll probably text a friend and be like, guess what this person just said to me um so I think I don't know I'm trying to think whether if I had a really hard situation where like a colleague was really annoying as a doctor I don't know because I also like you Oki I can be really I can definitely kind of bring the sass out and I can definitely (laughs) say stuff and be like oh gosh maybe shouldn't have said that but I don't know maybe I think people it's not worth it I'm like, ugh, I don't care. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I, there's there's a very very fine balance. So so for that one where I was sassy, I knew I, I kind of knew I could get away with it because yeah. I didn't want to I, I didn't want to go back there again. So I was like, <laughs> I'm I'm very I'm very happy to burn these bridges. Yeah, burn yeah. them bridges. But I think the Whereas, point is that you know you you now know how you can cope with these certain like uncomfortable situations right you've learned those nuances of like like you're saying Lily you know you've learned when it's best to just keep your head down Mm. and ring your mum and be like they've been so horrible to me (laughs) or you know when it's okay to actually push back a little bit and say actually no this is this is unacceptable and I think that's something that people do struggle with in medicine you know we've talked um a little bit before about you know how to deal with colleagues that are assholes um and I think just having had that little bit of experience through a job before, it's very different to interacting with your colleagues at med school, I think, because there's there's different like power balances and stuff, I think. So so yeah, I think that like for me, I thought that that's been really valuable in some of the like bad experiences I've had in the past. Okay, cool. We're going to hear from someone else who's had an interesting job, um, but that will be right after this. How much do you care about indemnity right now? Probably not a lot. You're still a few years away from really worrying about claims and complaints from patients. But being part of medical protection is about a lot more than just indemnity. We can be there if something goes wrong, but we're also here to help make sure things go right too. We're the only medical defence organisation that protects doctors all over the world. From London to Brisbane, Cork to Cape Town, 300,000 members benefit from our expert advice and support throughout their career. During your years at medical school, your membership is completely free. You'll get training resources that can help you become an even better doctor, plus a dedicated student team there for you when you need it most. And when it comes to your elective, you can trust in our international experience to protect you wherever you choose to go. It's no wonder that 90% of medical students in the UK choose to be part of medical protection. You can find out more at medicalprotection.org. Okay, cool. Let's hear from Patrick. My name is Patrick Lynch and I've just graduated from Queen's University Belfast and will be starting my role as an FIY1 doctor in the near future. And before medicine, I also studied a three-year degree in biochemistry at Queen's and throughout this whole eight years of studying, I was working as a church organist every Sunday in a local church in Belfast, 
where I would go and run a rehearsal of about 10 to 20 choir members and then we would sing songs through the Mass as well. And I really enjoyed this because it got me interacting with a lot of different people of different backgrounds, different abilities and different ages as well. And this job was also really easy to manage around my studies uh, because it would only be two hours every Sunday. And the only times it got busy were times like Christmas and Easter, which were generally times when we were off uni anyway. So that's why I was able to keep it up for the eight years as well. And I learned some really important skills when I was working there. Um, so I would be in the prime leadership role. So I got all the admin that came with running a choir while also directing them in performance, which was quite hard to do when I had two hands playing organ and I was trying to lead a choir with my head. Um, it didn't always work out, but I just had to learn how to adapt to the situation. Recently, we also studied a kids choir, which ran every month. And I'm really uh, interested in pursuing a career in paediatrics. So this gave me some really useful experience working with kids. Again, I was in the leadership role, but it was just learning how to interact with them, learning how to teach them uh, music, which can be quite hard, but it was definitely um, an insight into how to communicate with children, which I really enjoyed. I've only recently had to stop it because of the pandemic and social distancing has stopped all church services and I do really miss it and it's unfortunate, but I'm sure I'll get back for some Christmas services or something like that. So, I, I mean, Dom, who I have mentioned a few times before, who is our producer, will have to correct me if I'm wrong about this, but I believe Patrick is our first ever person from Northern Ireland on the podcast. So, Ooh, oh, congratulations, Patrick. Because <laughs> we've had quite a few, we've had a few Scottish people. Um, we've had someone from Denmark, but not, not our cousins over the Irish Sea. So, wonderful. Woohoo! <laughs> um, but what I think, one of the things that I found interesting about what Patrick was saying is um, this idea of like, learning how to interact with people from different ages so all the way from yeah. children you know which obviously okay you, you have got experience of um all the way up to older people which see lily you've got experience of so <laughs> make a nice little team here but i think that's really important because i don't know about you guys but i came straight to medical school from school and i didn't take a year out or anything and obviously at school or at least my school, was very sort of, like, hierarchical and it was all about, you know, if you're in upper sixth, then, you know, you're you're the senior and and that's all based on age, right? And I think it's there's similarities in medicine because it, although it's not necessarily based on age, it's more about progression. There does t- it does tend to be, like, you know, consultants are older, etc. And I always found that kind of weird when I started working, like, that I would be colleagues with someone who was like 20 years older than me and they would treat me as an equal rather than a kid and I don't know I think that's like a really positive thing that that Patrick has kind of identified in his job that he he's done but I don't know Lily you were you were nodding there yeah I think both of my jobs in the supermarket and in the nursing home have been like usually my like favorite colleagues are usually like 50 60 year old women because I mean think about caring caring attracts like a huge variety of different people um because it's very versatile you can be bank you can be uh, permanent mm. and 
so you have people who are parents you have people who are students you have people who are like really quite old and quite impressively fit so yeah absolutely having colleagues who see me like a 21 year old medical student who knows nothing about the world them talking to me and making decisions with me about someone's care that feels really good and hopefully like that will be similar when we become doctors right and we're like actively involved in people's care like I know again it's one of those things where it's like you hear about bad stuff happening um and juniors being treated badly but I think in a lot of places it very much is like they've tried to have that flat hierarchy and obviously you you know if you're an F1 or an F2 that's on call like you are responsible for making those quick decisions that and you know you the people around you like the nursing staff the allied health professionals like they have to trust you even though you might potentially be like younger (laughs) yeah like 30 30 years younger than them I don't know I just think I've always found it quite interesting because I still feel like oh my god I like I'm only well I'm 24 now because I had my birthday I had a lockdown birthday um (laughs) um but I always feel like oh my god I'm only 24 like what why are you asking like why are you asking me my opinion I don't know but I definitely need to get over that before I become a doctor like which is like this time next year (laughs) I just think being able to talk to people of different ages actually let's be more specific strangers which is like what your colleagues will be when you first meet them and patients when you first meet them is something that I think I have noticed colleagues at medical school not being able to do very well and Mm. actually finding it a bit weird talking to like our tutors or like older patients or yeah yeah, or really young patients I think it's an interesting thing it's, it's definitely a skill that you need to build up over time so like I actually decided to go volunteer um, with a charity that works with um, elderly people because I realised I was not good at it because most of my life I've spent um, talking to kids and teenagers so I'm very 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 used to doing that but older people I just found that really I don't not uncomfortable I just wasn't it's good at hard it, just, it I, is hard yeah mm. it's very difficult so I spent like a few months just volunteering with this charity just to get better at doing that that's really cool I I did a similar thing during sixth form because I similar to you I have I have four younger brothers and I volunteer on my kids on the church kids team so I've always been surrounded by lots of children and that's been very normal for me and then when I was applying to medical school I probably I'm not sure whether I I don't know when I was applying to medical school I was like I look like I don't ever talk to old people um and there's a charity around the corner from my house so it was really amazing and actually even though it wasn't anything like caring yeah being able to just have a conversation with someone who yeah. has a completely different life experience and the you know the fact is like most a lot of patients will be older people and exactly. it's a really really important skill to have and i think having these more you know slightly more informal roles because obviously you do encounter like most of the patients that i that stick out in my memory of you know me having had a really good chat with them have been much older people oh my gosh um but you know it is it is slightly different when you're in that kind of medical role and I think just having these experience like like what you were both saying about volunteering where there's kind of less pressure on you but you can just like build that experience of how to speak to people um and definitely I think the other element to that is 
not just older people but people who you know like managers um and things like that experiencing the nuances of those relationships again is like super important because you're gonna have to use that when you're a doctor and like there's you know you've got your SHO or if you're an F1 you've got like your SHO and your reg and potentially the consultant and stuff and those relationships are going to be work relationships and I think if you've never had that kind of thing before I mean like you were saying Lily if people struggle to talk to tutors and stuff at med school it's going to be like people need to have experience in that because sometimes those relationships can be really difficult to navigate if you've not had experience doing that. I would say one thing I've, I, w- I would say I've definitely learned from like jobs is a how to bring your personality to work because when I first started working I was very very serious and just didn't want to mess anything up mm. and then over time I kind of learned oh I'm quite a goofy silly person I can bring this I, I can bring this part of my personality to work mm. whilst still being professional and then secondly how to be friendly even if you're not friends with someone. Mm. So, for example, like with some managers, they kind of need to keep their distance to like to maintain that professional boundary. But you kind of know how to be friendly with them without like... Um, yeah, Without no. overstepping them and like making little jokes and just like knowing where to draw the line quite clearly. I think that's something that's very, very useful. And oh, I don't definitely. see how you can learn that if you haven't been in a working environment. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely agree with that. I, agree. I think I still get it wrong sometimes. Everyone does. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's something that we we talked about that a little bit as well in the the gallows humor episode where we talked yeah. about like how it can be awkward when people make like really dark jokes in front of you, like a med school. But I think that's so true, and I I think I had the complete same sort of trajectory as you, Oki. Like I always very much, and I still do. Like I want people to take me seriously but I don't now I always thought that meant I had to be really serious but now I feel like yeah I've learned what bits of my personality I can bring into a professional environment and which bits I can't and a lot of that is actually I mean one thing I haven't spoken about is my job at the BMJ like this is the first time I've ever worked in like a corporate environment it's very very different to any workplace that I've you know been in before and I have learned so much that I think is going to be useful for medicine even if that's you know even small things like how to you know phone a professional contact like I had barely ever done that before and now I do that like basically every day and I don't find that very easy because I am scared of phones because I'm gen (laughs) what what is it gen z um I'm scared of phones too (laughs) but I love phoning people (laughs) Lily you have to give me some tutorials (laughs) but yeah like even small things like that you don't learn or at least I haven't learned that in med school or on one occasion I had to phone someone and I was like I'm phoning on the behalf of the F1 and they were like get the F1 to ring me I was like okay (laughs) Um, um, but you know and then on your first day like on the wards they'll expect you to be like ringing everyone left right and center um so I think like things like that small things that you don't even notice can be really useful and like you're saying okay I don't think you can necessarily get that if you haven't had like a workplace and those kind of official workplace environment relationships because it is different 
Okay, cool. So, Lily, what have you found interesting in the chat that we've had today? I still can't stop thinking about the skydiving lady. Um, (laughs) So I'm trying to get that out of my mind. Actually, I think actually what she said really stuck with me, the idea of being able to prepare. And I think broader, as we've just been talking about, working teaches you ways to like use your body and to use your mind in ways that you don't realize you have until you have to then equip them again Mm -hmm. um I think that is like powerful you don't know everything you've learned from working until you have to do it again I guess I'm now Mm -hmm. thinking about all these like unspoken underlying things that we don't really know we've learned I find that all really fascinating Yeah, I think if people don't think that they are taking any skills or any knowledge into being a doctor, like that is just not true. Your whole life has been teaching you things about humans Mm. and about the world. And so Mm. I think everyone will be okay eventually. That's nice. That's it. That's (laughs) (laughs) no pressure, Oki. Sounds rubbish now. Uh... Um, So, what about you, Oki? What have you enjoyed about our chat today? Found interesting? I would say quite similar to Lily. I think all experience is good experience. So, for example, when Patrick was talking about being a church organist, which in itself doesn't sound like it's anything related to medicine, but when he but he spoke about like the time management skills and um, being able to like multitask whilst he's playing the organ and also directing the choir, and those are all skills you will need when you're working as a doctor mm. and a skill is a skill regardless of where you where you're using it so don't like again like Lily said don't dismiss anything you've learnt, even if you have, you've learnt it from outside of medicine it's all mm. still relevant definitely well I've really enjoyed hanging out virtually with you guys today mm. for Ooh. the first time it's very exciting and hopefully One day very soon we will be back in the studio and I will be able to take you for coffee and for cake because Laura Laura would be very upset um, if she knew that we were recording without cake because I I believe (laughs) that she she had snacks um, even when she was recording from her house. (laughs) No (laughs) snacks today. No snacks today, I'm afraid. all from us on sharp scratch today if you'd like to hear more from us subscribe to sharp scratch wherever you get your podcasts and in two weeks time you'll get our next episode straight to your phone while you wait for the next episode check us out on social media we're bmj student on twitter facebook and instagram let us know what you think about the podcast using the hashtag sharp scratch we'd love to hear your ideas for what we should cover later on it's also really helpful for us if you leave a rating and a review on Apple Pods or wherever it is you get your podcasts. It helps other med students find the show. Until then, it's goodbye from us. Bye! Goodbye. <laughs>